Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShot.net. PSSA 2. Which way should you vote? Hello there, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshaw.net. This is Simon Lewis speaking. Um, I suppose with all the COVID stuff going around with home learning and everything else, uh, you might have missed the fact that we are being asked to vote by the INTO, our union, uh, on another pay deal, the PSSA pay deal, the second one, which will run from 2020 to 2022. The INTO are uh, recommending that we vote uh, in favour of this pay deal. But can we actually trust our own union, especially after the last PSSA deal, when Our membership voted against the pay deal by 53% to 47% and our leadership decided rather than to um, accept their member's ballot that they completely ignored it. Um, So this time uh, they're voting yes uh, in favour of the deal. Um, So should what way should you vote? In this episode, I'm hoping to go through the facts, uh, talk to people who know more than I do about it, and by the end, hopefully come to some sort of conclusion, um, or if not a conclusion, at least giving people a little bit more information about this pay deal. So, let's go. I suppose um, one of the things that's very sad about having to do this podcast is that I should really be able to take my union's magazine um, or advice. Olus is the uh, sort of half magazine they use uh, for these kind of things and read it and trust that the information in it is correct. Um, And the INTO uh, published a four page Olus uh, kind of pamphlet uh, describing the latest PSSA deal, the pay deal, uh, which um, uh, is 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 out uh, and up for negotiation, and they um, as well as recommending a yes vote. They've gone through all the reasons why uh, we should go for a yes vote. Um, there isn't a sort of a balanced uh, kind of view in there, uh, which is understandable. The uh, CEC themselves have decided that a yes vote is where to go. Um, but why can't we trust our union? Well, I want to, um, I suppose, have a look at that before we get into this latest pay deal, because I think it's important that, you know, this isn't about me. Um, You know, I'm not the only person in the world that doesn't trust uh, what our leadership has to say. And I know, um, uh, uh, you know, the last PSSA vote, most of us were in the profession at that time when we voted against uh, the PSSA vote and it was completely ignored and we all got the benefits uh, in inverted comma of the P of that deal. Uh, however, uh, lower paid teachers still remained um, without pay equality and uh, quite a few other things remained in place. But this story starts long before that. And I'm going to start uh, the story back in 2010, 2011 with the Croke Park Agreement. Many of you may uh, do Croke Park hours in your school and this is why you do them. And in those days, um, back in the ancient days of 2010-2011 we were right in the middle of a massive uh, financial crisis as we know um 
And effectively, uh, a pay deal was struck to uh, effectively uh, what was going to happen was teachers wages were going to be cut uh, fairly severely. And uh, in some in some cases, uh, I, I remember uh, being told your wages could be cut by 50 percent. I mean, that's how serious things were. And I, I think people kind of laughed ish laughed nervously i think at the time at this idea of a 50 percent cut because at that time we were being uh, told about the uh, soft landing in the economy and whatnot but um it became very very real when it came to this croke park agreement and as part of those the deal um there were a lot of there was a lot of talk about pensions uh, being cut and a lot of the croke park agreement was around um, if you retired before a certain age or before a certain amount of time, your pension would be saved. Had you, but if you um, retired after that date, your pension could be cut quite significantly. So this is why, uh, shortly after two thousand and eleven, quite a lot of principal or quite a lot of teachers and principals in their fifties uh, decided to take early retirement to save themselves quite a, a lot of money. Um, now there's a lot of stuff that had to be agreed in this uh, Croke Park deal, and one of the things that I suppose uh, we we now uh, ha- we now know happened was that after two thousand and eleven, any teacher that came into the workforce started off on a different pay scale, a significantly lower paid pay scale, and that was something that we as INTO members, and not just very closely uh, by, by uh, in, in a ballot voted for, overwhelmingly voted in favour of. I am um, at the time um, in two thousand eleven or 2010-2011, I can't remember what, what year it was where the ballot took place, the INTO were recommending that we took uh, took this vote, uh, recommend, took the deal because it would save us currently working in schools a lot of money. Um, they would claim they didn't know uh, that it would affect um, teachers in the future. Um, I, I have no evidence to suggest that they did know. Um, but inevitably that's what happened. Um, but I do remember being very, very unhappy with a lot of it uh, because something didn't seem right to me. And I, I've looked back over my own archives to see what I really didn't like. But I was suspicious that this was not a good deal. And um, I was one of the very, uh, I suppose, in the minority uh, on this. But the INTO were very, very much in favour. Very, very much in favour. So much so that um, at their ballot boxes, they held talks recommending people to vote in favour of the deal and I remember when I went to vote there was someone and I will not name that person standing at that ballot box very high up in the leadership of the INTO standing at the ballot box saying I hope you made the right vote Simon um, when I, and um, I walked away shocked uh, I heard uh, I saw um, situations where people were being encouraged uh, which way to vote and so on and it was no surprise that the vote overwhelmingly was in favour of the deal. Um, None of this is me making stuff up. Um, I remember it so clearly and um, I'm sure many of you who have been working for quite some time remember it too. Um, it was a, it, it probably was one of my lowest uh, moments um, in my teaching career in a way despite it not affecting me uh, personally but what it saw, what it what it showed me really was um, how how poor things could go um, and how dishonest things could be uh, when 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 I came down to it. Um, I felt um, 
I, I, I was uh, very involved in the ITO, I suppose, at branch level at the time. And uh, I suppose in my youth, I was only in my uh, uh, mid-twenties, uh, I publicly um, called out uh, people who voted in favour of the deal. Um, you know, oh, yay me on Twitter. But uh, but uh, uh, and anyway, uh, my my tweets and uh, other uh, other correspondence uh, were printed out as I and I was rung by um uh, my my branch to basically say they were going to effectively read out and get me to explain myself uh, for my insolence of calling uh, my fellow colleagues um, idiots, I think was the word I used. Um, so I felt really, I suppose, I was young. I suppose if it happened now, I'd probably stand up for myself. But at that time, I stepped away from the branch uh, committee and I guess took myself out of the INTO in terms of my involvement of going to meetings um, for quite some time. Um, anyway, that's not very interesting. Uh, what is interesting is what actually did happen as a result of the Croke Park Agreement. Um, by 2015, uh, the uh, primary education had been cut, slashed um, to unrecognisable levels. Uh, and we were to cement those uh, in the Lansdowne Road Agreement. I don't know if people remember that. But basically, um, we had so many things that we had to do were so many things we had to agree with for example we all had a loss we didn't have quite a 50% cut in our pay but everybody uh, lost between 18 and 32% of our pay down to pay cuts um, USC which still exists pension levies tax and PRSI increases and um, there were even more cuts for people who qualified after 2011 there were very serious cuts to allowances and the withdrawal of qualification allowances uh, which were up to nearly 5,000 euro per year for anyone uh, working um, after 2012 I'm, I'm listing these um, these came from uh, um, the Voice for Teachers Facebook page back in 2015 I'm just reading some of those um, benchmarking for principals wasn't paid um, it, it was due uh, again I would have been affected by that I suppose um, and there was a pay cut for those who were earning quite high wages over 65,000 euro and then there was a freeze of increments for three years so people losing more money and uh, posted responsibility were also frozen uh, there was a freeze of all increments uh, for between three months and three years, depending on the pay grade, and uh, the increments weren't paid anyway um, after the three-month freeze, which broke the um, Haddington Road Agreement, which was one before. So, I mean, there, like this is just pay-related stuff. Um, the retirement age was increased up to 68. Uh, small schools were under massive attack. Uh, they lost lots of teachers due to increasing retention figures. And... Um, there was an increase in pupil-teacher ratios for all schools. Uh, large closures of small schools, single-teacher schools went um, uh, were, were 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 wiped out, and uh, there were reduced supports uh, for all schools um, in terms of EAL, uh, traveller education, and so on. Um, there were it, it, at at times. I mean, it's school 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 size uh, class sizes went up so much that it was not unusual to find classes of more than thirty five children with no proper support for special education needs. Uh, the general allocation learning support hours were cut by fifteen percent, and then uh, almost twenty five percent, which still goes on to this day. Uh, there was a loss of visiting teachers, uh, rural coordinators. Um, uh, what else? Um, the traveller education centres were gone. Uh, we lost the ICT um, advisors. Um, and, you know, I could go on. I mean, there was a f the free bus service is gone. Uh, SSE came in. And I have like basically another page of cuts. We also obviously had Drihid, 
Dash 2 basically was wiped out really in money money wise. Well, not not completely, but but wiped a lot. Um, maths recovery is basically all been all but disbanded. Reading recovery was put under under maintenance mode, basically undoing about fifteen years of work. I'm reading here. B posts were gone. Um, I just I'm just reading. I mean, I don't want to go through the, too much of this because it's just to give you a bit of history, though. Um, I mean, as I said, I've skipped about a page of those uh, cuts. And but however, of all those things, the biggest sticking point really to this day has been the coin term, the LPT, the lower paid teacher. And I guess um, the lower paid teacher is a phenomenon that came because of the 2011 agreement um, where our colleagues uh, who qualified since 2011 um, are on a different pay scale to those who qualified before 2011. And they have lost thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of euro in that time. Uh, it, it seems silly because you uh, to, to say it, but you still hear it, our younger colleagues. Um, these people are not young anymore, and I don't know, no offence to any of them, but anyone who is 21 coming out of college um, after 2011 is now in their 30s. Um, and, uh, and many of them have started families, would have taken mortgages or tried to get mortgages and so on. These are not young teachers anymore. These are people who have basically sacrificed 10 years of their, their, their pay being unequal. And they're very, very cross and rightly so, because at every year um, they are made promise after promise that they would get they would be back on an equal pay scale to their colleagues who basically sold them down the river. And it has never happened. And in 2018, when the PSSA uh, deal came along, um, this was uh, supposedly, again, to uh, promote pay equality for lower pay teachers. The INTO uh, at the time were under a directive that they actually weren't allowed to recommend or not recommend pay deals to their members. And if any of you were around, and I know a lot of you were around, it certainly didn't stop them on social media, at least. Every single thing they could do to sneak their way um, out of of uh, of not say, uh, basically of uh, basically not actually recommending they did they made listed dozens of reasons why we should accept the deal and had FAQs or telling the truth I can't remember the what the terminology was Re the, the, the it was something around f they used uh, Donald Trump was kind of around that at the time so it was around fake news was a, a big thing so they were kind of using that as a sort of a pun they're saying the actual truth look at the facts the the real facts about this and they were basically claiming this was pay equality and. And any concerns people had, don't be listening to that. And without actually saying, we recommend you vote yes for this deal, they um, they basically were. Um, and then we voted. And we voted uh, as, as an entity. 53% of us voted against the union's uh, recommendation, in inverted commas, to vote for this pay deal. And this was a humiliating blow to the union who had... Um, long since decided that their uh, route to um their route into uh, into pay equality or all the rest of their stuff is to work with the government uh, as many of you would know um <laughs> listening to this at the moment uh, where we're uh, where the INTO uh, are working very very closely with the department of education in terms of uh, getting us back to school the school reopenings so much so um that their own members had to have a, a an intervention against them a couple of weeks ago but um this was uh, back at the first PSSA deal uh, their own members, this was a, a big rebellion against their their own union. They went against the recommendation and it was fairly humiliating. So what do you think they did? You know, 
what would any union who or any any organization where there was a democratic vote um and it went against you what would you do well what you think you they would do would be well look 53% of our members have voted against this pay deal. We now need to ballot for industrial action because that's what you kind of do. Um, and obviously that would be very, you know, you know, they, I mean, whether or not it, it would have worked or not, because again, it, it, I, uh, with union rules, you have to have a 66% majority uh, to go for industrial action. The thing was, they just didn't do it. And a year later, we had an extra few bob in our bank account, most of us, but lower paid teachers still didn't have pay equality and effectively the union ignored the votes of their members. That day they ceased being democratic, um, in my opinion. And what did we do as members? Well, the honest truth is we didn't do anything. You know, we didn't do a thing. We effectively let, let, let them away with it. Um, and in a way, you know, let's come back to today. I mean, that's just your bit of history for, for this. In a way, it wouldn't be surprising to have someone like me or many of their members very suspicious when the INTO are recommending their own members to vote in a certain way. You know, I, I think I, I've gone through probably a bit longer than I wanted to, you know, a history of what's been happening. And I don't, and I, I, and I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be unbalanced in any way, shape or form. These are just facts uh, over the last 10, uh, 10, 10, 11 years of what's been going on and why um, there's quite a lot of people out there who are not uh, happy um, to vote in favour of this pay deal, uh, the second pay deal, and uh, quite suspicious of their own union uh, and the recommendations. So my, my, my plan now is to actually see if I can find some truth to it because last time, um, the, for me anyway, the PSSD was fairly straightforward. It didn't achieve pay equality. It absolutely not. There was nothing there that said. It, I mean, not even close to pay equality. Um, and um, and it was easy to vote no. I mean, it's simple. In this case, I mean, it's it's there's in a technicality, very 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 very. And I'll go through this. Pay equality is kind of achieved ish. Um. But in another way, it isn't. And because this doesn't affect me personally, I thought I may as well talk to people I trust who are LPTs. And they're very divided 50-50 about this. And I'll, and I'll talk about that in a second. And, you know, the INTO this time, by the way, just so you know, they, they, there was a vote uh, t uh, taken that the INTO can now recommend deals or not. Um, and that, that, that was uh, quite a... Uh, an emotional um, situation for a lot of LPTs at the time when when their um, when their own union sort of uh, worked against them uh, in that regard. But anyway, that that aside, um, they're the only teaching union of the three teaching unions to be recommending a yes vote um, in in the uh, PSSA deal. The ASDI and the TUI are vote are, are advising their members to vote against the deal, which is interesting as well. Now, the INTO summarised this uh, in the following way, um, and they very helpfully in their Otis magazine, this, they've given, they've basically put it into four points. The agreement uh, delivers a minimum salary increase of 2% or €1,000, whichever is greater during the agreement, so you get an extra €20 Euro a week. Um, the pay equality for all cohorts with a third increment skip, securing equality within the pre-2011 graduate 
uh, entrant and the definition is adopted by the INTO and annual congress and ensuring no future losses so it doesn't talk about past losses just future losses are no longer happening according to this payment of the long delayed award to all principals and deputy principals through a sectarial bargaining fund now it doesn't say benchmarking which is interesting i'll talk about that and all allowances are increased by two percent during the agreement now language to me is everything okay and forget the uh, percentage increases what i'm interested in are the two the two big stories here pay equality and benchmarking the two things we lost um in 2011 and uh which has cost tens of thousands of euro to two large groups of people principals and um deputy principals and uh, and also lower paid teachers so this cohort of people so i asked people much more expertise about this and i was really interested to see well last time there was no division in terms of you know lower paid teachers in which way to vote it was overwhelmingly against um and, and remember, only 53% of members voted against the deal. So just, I mean, just just remember that. Like, that's not, that wasn't a lot of people. So, I mean, this, this was close. But this time, anyway, there's a lot more division. Everyone accepts that the INTO are not being entirely honest about pay equality. Anyone I've spoken to, any lower pay teacher, has agreed with me, um, or has agreed that this isn't pay equality. Again, it's not pay equality. It is not 100% pay equality. We know that. I mean, it, it like, and, and we even have the calculated figure. It's about 90, 90, it's close to 99% pay equality. But it seems that the INTO's basis now is that new entrants won't lose out money over their entire career but still based on the separate pay scale. So we have two separate pay scales and some people don't think that's right. Uh, some people are okay with uh, two separate pay scales. You know, in lots of other jobs, there's lots of different types of pay scales depending on the year people start. Uh, but, you know, some people don't think that's uh, that's 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 right either. Um, but the thing about this is if, it, if it's, uh, if you're someone starting off, that's all right. Um, in some ways, because you'll receive the same amount of as your same wage, but this it really only suits teachers who work for more than twenty four years. Mature uh, students, for example, might retire before their twenty four years are done and won't get the same amount of wage as, let's say, a um, a person who who would have qualified before two thousand eleven. Um, it doesn't also address pension disparity, and that's something I suppose that young younger people might not think about too much. Older people might think of a lot, and people like me in the middle um, are are you know are aware of um, and and probably you know it depends how close you are to pension uh, to uh, about this. Now I don't know if there's anything that could be done about that because the pension thing is across the board, um, and I can't see teachers getting an exception there. However, many lower paid teachers. I do believe this is the best deal they're ever likely to get, despite it not being 100% equal. And maybe through fatigue, they're accepting it. You know, maybe that's why, or maybe they just realise, look, the way things are at the moment, if we're looking for a few extra, uh, like, what, what to the public, I'm not saying it's to me, to a few extra bob and, and willing to strike over a, a, a few extra bob, uh, are we going to have any, um, are we going to have... Like, is there any way it's going to is going to happen? Like, how 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 is that going to go down? But many don't. And interest. It was really interesting to see a lot of respectful debate about it. Um, and one one of the things I'm talking about, like, how does pay equality? Like, I suppose this pay equality term is sticking with me because I know it's not pay equality, but the INTO are saying it is, and they've and they even went and got an independent consultancy to to show how it is. And I'm going to read it for you because, I mean, it's a bit boring, but I'm going to read it for you. 
How does and and this is from Olus? How does the agreement deliver pay equality? So Trident Consulting is the group they chose, and the agreement builds on previous work and secures equality. For, now, actually, before I go on, there's a lot of positive language being used here. But anyway, I that aside, the agreement builds on previous work uh, and secures equality for earlier cohorts who faced further losses. With the additional skip of 0.12 of the scale, both post 2010 and pre 2011 entrants have a 24 point pay scale. Earnings over a typical career, when compared to those uh, of the pre-2011 graduate entrant, are equalised. Um, Trident Consulting have confirmed to the INTO that no cohort will have earnings below 98.8% of their compar uh, comparator, and many cohorts will have more. So, ultimately, I mean, even, even reading this, it isn't actually equality. 98.8% is, 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 uh, is what they're calling equal. Um, and ultimately, it's animal farm equality, for want of a better word. Some are equal, but some are more equal than others and all that kind of stuff. But the truth, as I said, it, it isn't re it, really, it isn't, it isn't pay equality. But again, like the last few years, it's a, is it really kind of, again, this step in the right direction? And then we have to ask ourselves, is it worth industrial action? And that is a serious question. Would the Department of Education stand up to teachers this time? Uh, and when I say this time, <laughs> it's as if we've, we've, we've done industrial action where we're very very uh, slow for industrial action but they certainly have the public on their side if they did um, decide to stand up to the union uh, membership if they rejected this deal and given the whole remote learning uh, situation um, and you know the fact that would would the public back teachers um, this time around this climate uh, particularly you know, when the economy is about to go down the toilet again, thanks to the coronavirus. So I think the Department of Education would stand up if we were to take industrial action. I also have a feeling that um, within our membership, I don't know if we have um, enough um, of an appetite to go for industrial action. But, the, the, you know, I mean, we should be able to vote on that, I mean, I suppose. So, I mean, there, there are just questions I have. Um, and, I mean, the thing is, it's not important. I'm not important in this because ultimately this this isn't something that directly affects. I mean, the benchmarking directly affects me, but I I, I think who who this affects more than anybody else, really, in a way. Uh, where my, I mean, I, I and I do have obviously I have sympathy for uh, all all school leaders who've been affected by this, including myself. But I don't want it to be about me uh, or 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 or. It's it's really the lower paid teachers who really got sold down the river um, back in 2011 and have been waiting very, very patiently um, for, for pay equality and have been promised pay equality for a long time. Benchmarking has only been kind of mentioned in the last couple of years uh, and rightly so. Um, so I asked uh, lower paid teachers to email me or send me um, messages about what they felt and I got quite a lot I mean I, I this is less than 24 hours ago and I decided I'd just read one of them uh, an anonymous one every it was interesting that very few people wanted to go public uh, which I always find very interesting about anything um, about why would you not want to go public um, and, and the reason there's always a reason why people don't want to go public and it's never because um, it's never for a reason that is um I, I don't know how you would describe it. It's certainly not. It's, it's, the reason is because they don't want to get into trouble. Um, generally, is the way I would put it. And why would you get into trouble uh, about complaining about pay equality? I don't know. Uh, but clearly, uh, a lot of people do feel 
they don't want to uh, to be to be uh, known and uh, i think um that's that's absolutely their right so this person said they could, i could read out their um their thoughts uh with uh, and remain anonymous so uh, basically this person uh, said that they qualified in 2012 uh, and uh, came uh, and they qualified um outside of ireland and came to teach in 2013 and this is what uh, the person states ignoring the amount already lost and the pensions we were told this will be roughly 98.9% equality, just like how Olas just said, for certain year groups yesterday at the INTO meeting. Over a career, that's basically a house deposit. So, I mean, you're talking real terms here. So, if this inequality existed due to gender, religion or age, there would be uproar. And certain groups are being sold down the Swanee um, but, and the INTO are patting themselves on the back for near equality. We were asked to decide for ourselves at the meeting if this meant equality and those that aren't affected can justify voting yes as it is a 98.9% but if you put that into actual money and add it to the 35,000 plus we've already lost it might change some minds. Two pay scales at the end of the day is not equality. All teachers will have to teach 0.12 on the scale now to, need, to reach near equality. The wording says it all. These are people looking after their own interests and telling half-truths to cover themselves. So I mean, that's that's what I got sent. Uh, and this was a, a common kind of uh, a response I would have got from people, that, particularly those who wants to remain anonymous. And the question for lower paid teachers now is sort of a game of chess. And I wonder if the INCO were actually honest that it didn't really achieve pay equality. I wish they, you know, the thing that's annoying me about this is like, don't say it's pay equality if it isn't actually pay equality. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think, you know, if you remember the last PSSA deal, as I said, they also said it achieved pay equality when it clearly didn't and everybody saw through it. This isn't pay equality either. It's closer to a to to a hundred percent equality, but it isn't pay equality, and we have to. And if the INCO said, "Look, it isn't pay equality, but it's as good as we're going to get for now, given X, Y, and Z," it might it might be better than actually saying that it, it achieves pay equality. I don't understand why why there's a need to not be truthful. Um, that's the LPTs. Moving on to benchmarking, and I, don't, I won't go on as much on that on, on this one. But it says, I just want to go back to that thing in OLIS. It's the payment of a long-delayed award to all principals and deputy principals through a sectorial, sectorial, sectorial bargaining fund. Now, I don't know what that means, um, but it certainly, I don't understand whether you're using that uh, language um, because it doesn't actually say it's the payment of benchmarking. You know, it, it, it to me, uh, I mean, I may, unless sectorial sectorial bargaining is benchmarking in a different way and i could be wrong and that's my own ignorance and i apologize for that if i if i'm wrong um but i'm down over i i was i was trying to calculate i'm down at least twenty thousand euro over the last uh, uh since i became a, a a principal because of this uh unpaid benchmarking uh, and i think probably closer to thirty thousand euro and um, there's basically this arrangement means that principals and deputy principals will be, will be given an award um, of, uh, of, of an extra allowance, um, still not close to their second level colleagues, uh, which they should be. I mean, being a principal of a primary school and being a principal of a secondary school, you know, the, the, the job is the same, really, in, in, in terms of responsibility. I just don't understand why um, well, we've talked about this on the podcast before. But that aside, uh, there is an increase and a significant enough increase, I suppose, if you are... Um, if you're a school leader and just to kind of go through it um for a um 
for a principal, if you're in a small school, it, you you would be going up about just over three thousand euro per year in a very in a one to five uh, uh, teacher school, and about just under about about just yeah just under three thousand euro. Well, a good, a good bit under three thousand euro. So an extra two and a half thousand if you're in a six or seven teacher school. Um, if you're in an eight to eleven teacher school, you're going up about a, a two thousand euro. Um, and you know, it's, it's about, after that, it's about 2000 euro, uh, on top of your wage as you go further up the, 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 the ranks as, as a principal deputy principals also go up, uh, fairly significantly as well. Um, and, uh, that's kind of interesting, um, as well. There's a, there's a, a, um, if you're in a very small school, you almost double your allowance as a deputy principal in a very small school, which again shows, um, which is a, which is a good a good call, um, I I would say. So, the only thing is there is no back pay for this uh, particular uh, co- um, benchmarking award, and I suppose as principals and deputy principals, school leaders, we have to kind of think. Look, do we have to take the hit? Um, you know, um, maybe we do, maybe we don't. I don't really know. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm on the fence a little bit about it personally, but I don't want this to be about what I, what I think, because I don't really, I don't really know. I mean, I know which way I'm going to vote. Um, but I don't think I'm, um, I'm not sure the benchmarking for me isn't the reason I'll be voting. I'll be voting no on this, uh, on this, by the way. Um, but, um, I, 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 it isn't because of the benchmarking and, and, and no back pay. Um, do you know, and that, and that's I suppose uh, is is all I can kind of really say in it. I just don't think there's any hope ever of getting that benchmarking paid. Uh, and the longer this goes on, you know, the less likely it's going to be. I mean, ultimately, they're not going to give me thirty thousand euro, you know, in one lump sum. Um, you know, I mean, multiplied by three thousand, well, whatever number a thousand principals have been a principal as long as me. Let's say it's a thousand at this point. You know, that's. You know, I don't see it happening. Now, maybe maybe it should, but I don't really, really see it happening. But, you know, all that aside, money aside, let's let's get away from pay equality. Let's get away from benchmarking. What do we actually have to do to get this, these benefits? And that's a question I feel needs to be answered. So here are the facts. And as, as always, when it comes to facts, when they come from the Olus magazine, you have to kind of question them a little bit to find out uh, what they actually are. Um, and I suppose um, this is what they say. It's basically, it's, short, it's a short uh, agreement. It's an extension of the requirements to cooperate with current initiatives in primary and special education. And the main elements they're talking about are um, the commitment to ongoing development of public service, cooperation with change and reform initiatives, action plans linked to reform agenda to be like that's all very I'm I'm just that's all very boring language. But what in reality we have to keep going. Reform agenda includes curriculum reform, literacy and numeracy strategy, digital STEM, education for sustainable development, and well tucked education strategies. So ultimately, you know, nothing. It doesn't sound like anything major. Now I, I could this could be the sword I fall on because it's very vague, but I mean we are already um, involved in the literacy and numeracy strategy. We're well involved in that. We're already involved in lots of digital um, uh, projects and things like that. That's all being cemented in. I don't like the STEM thing, but I mean, 
you know, uh, if, if we're going to be rounding up uh, science, technology, engineering, maths into a new subject, fine, we'll take it. Um, and uh, sustainable development is obviously very, very important as well. So, I mean, ultimately, I don't see a huge amount there, but that's that's only what we've been told. And I'm not quite sure, um, you know, if there's any more to it. So ultimately, we're not, you know, I, I suppose if I was the INTO and, you know, I'd kind of be saying, look, this is stuff we're doing already. And in fairness, you know, that could be a lot worse. Um, there there probably are other clauses to the agreement which aren't very clear. Um, I've read that what's in, in, in Olus um, and it sounds, it sounds okay, but it's it's very hard to tell, you know. I mean, as I said, it's, it's a shame that, that I, I, I'm, I'm doing this podcast really, I suppose, with a bit of scepticism um, and, and I don't like having that scepticism. But look, I, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm a, I can only go on what we have. Uh, I've read the um, full documents. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it seems to be whatever Olus, what Olus says, in fairness, uh, does map onto the uh, actual public sector um, document, in fairness. Um, so really, I mean, all, it does seem what we have to do is is just that. I suppose if, the question we really have to ask ourselves is, it, it's the sticking point really for me, is the pay equality line. I... I suppose the reason I'm at the moment voting voting no um, on this deal is because I, it isn't pay equality uh, for lower paid teachers. And I just wouldn't feel right. I just morally, I don't feel right um, agreeing to something that doesn't achieve pay equality. I, I'm, I kind of question myself and wonder if the INTO said, look, it doesn't achieve pay equality, but this is the best we could do for now. Would I have voted for uh, in favour of it? I don't know. Um, it's hard to tell. I po- I possibly would. Um, do you know because generally because of you know the situation. Uh, but I don't think I could vote vote, vote in favour based on the fact that look I mean I mean sold I mean sold a pup. Um, I mean sold I mean sold a mistruth really in a way, and I don't like that. And maybe that's a silly reason, but I mean I I'm 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 okay. I mean I'm. I, maybe I'm wrong to vote uh, because of uh, the way I'm voting because of that. Um, however, look, I, I I absolutely know there are people who are involved in organisations um, who are voting in favour of this because they know this is the best deal they'll probably get. And I absolutely respect that. I mean, if the vote comes in this time overwhelmingly in favour of it, I certainly won't be repeating my Twitter rants from 2011. I will absolutely accept that this is the deal that's been chosen. Look, I don't want to go on too much longer about this. Uh, it's just, I suppose, some thoughts, um, maybe a, a, another opinion on it. Um, I'm no expert in all this sort of stuff. So, I mean, please please take this with a pinch of salt. Um, I wish you the best luck in whatever way you vote. Um, I don't think, I think this is one of the, uh, this is possibly, you know, one of those, one of those votes that's going to be really difficult. It's going to be divisive around, it's even divisive in, in LPT circles. Um, but I mean, look, if we are debating over the next few days, uh, the only thing we can do is keep it as respectful as we can um, and uh, just try our very best to convince each other as respectfully as we can of which way to vote. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of If I Were the Minister for Education. It's sort of a sub um episode rather than a special episode in a way because we've covered uh, pay equality um, in in previous episodes uh, certainly the uh, principles benchmarking episode I covered uh, earlier on uh, I think we do have a, a lower paid teachers uh, episode as well uh, if not uh, if not it, it was coming uh, if it wasn't for all this coronavirus stuff um, 
Well, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to hear more, uh, please subscribe uh, to If I Were the Minister for Education on your favourite podcasting tool. You can find it by searching for On Shaw's Podcast. Um, if you like it as well, you may give us a review. I'd love, uh, we've had uh, quite a few reviews of the podcast and thank you very much for your generosity. Uh, I hope this helps you out in your decision and uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.